innovation will always continue to drive the future. It's just up to you how much you want to know about it. You're listening to the Royal Society of Medicine's Digital Health podcast series from the Digital Health Council, where we aim to support healthcare innovation by disseminating knowledge of expert leaders at the Royal Society of Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Marla Morkin. Continuing our season three, focusing on Web 3.0, this episode, we speak with Christine Terrio, who is the Director of Strategic Partnerships at BFF. Christine speaks to us about the basics of Web 3.0 and how she began her very own journey into the space. Christine discusses how leaders from all sectors are joining force to understand real-world applications for Web 3.0 technology. As shown by the 100 founding BFF members, which includes Tyra Banks, Gwyneth Paltrow and Mila Kunis. Christine and I dive into what the future of healthcare could start to look like as health data ownership becomes a reality with Web 3.0. All views expressed in this episode are of the speakers themselves. Let's jump right in. Web 3 is is like a big buzzword that gets thrown around a lot, but I think breaking it down in such a way that maybe helps people understand what Web 1, Web 2, and Web 3 is potentially help towards the conversation here. So the way that I like to frame it is that Web 1 is read, Web 2 is read and write, and Web 3 is read, write, and own. And what I mean by that is so Web 1 was like early 1990, early 2000s, and it was very read-only. People consumed like static web pages that, you know, they navigated to and from directories like Yahoo Mm -hmm. and web one was built on open source protocols like HTTP. And, you know, that all seems like very, like so long ago (laughs) now, but, you know, fast forward into, you know, web two, which is like early 2000s to today. And that is read and write people create and consume content on social platforms that we're all familiar with. Um, Web2 tech giants extract values from users by sort of like sitting in the middle by, you know, the the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the TikToks of the world that are, you know, retaining your data and you essentially have no ownership of it. It's it's built on a, a, a client server architecture where the users are the client and the companies are the ones who control the servers and the data. And, you know, a lot of people are uncomfortable by that and justifiably so, but Web2 is is really what we know today and it's how we function via the internet and how we communicate. And so Web3 and what makes it so fascinating and, and sort of how we've sort of come into the next digital era is it, it is read, write, and own. And by that, I mean, people are creating, consuming, and owning the upside of their work through tokens. And so Web3 is built on peer-to-peer networks that essentially talk to one another without the middleman. Um, and what I mean by tokens is, is you know, a, a, tokens can be fungible or non-fungible, which is, is very important, I think, to the greater schemes of the conversation. So fungible tokens are interchangeable. So like the US dollar or Bitcoin, and non-fungible tokens or NFTs are unique. So like a collectible piece of art or um, a song or um, an, an image that you can store via the blockchain. Um, so there are 
I think, complexities to the Web3 world that didn't exist for Web2, where it's a lot more decentralized. And you, you hear that also thrown around a lot in the term of Web3 and that it's just so beneficial to be able to have our data in a, such a way where it's not able to be bought or sold or, or you know, having a huge gigantic company middleman have in charge of what you essentially own. And so when it comes to people like artists, they love the idea of things like NFTs because they are putting that ownership on the blockchain and it's public and available for all to see, but not in such a way that, like I said earlier, it can be bought and sold or maliciously distributed, or it's not actually the artist's data themselves. And so we're in a completely different setting now where people are realizing that Web3 is not just a system that is the, the next internet. It's the way that we're able to store information, to communicate in a different way, and to own our own data and our own our own uh, our own selves i think in a lot of ways for the first time wow and i think what i love about that as well is how you've broken it down so that we can really understand i mean what this is going to what the impact is going to be here as well because i think for a while now especially within healthcare i think for the last you know many years people have been thrown around blockchain and they've just been saying it and they've been saying you know blockchain is going to solve healthcare problems I'm running a blockchain company blockchain blockchain and I think that we have found it difficult to understand okay well there's a technology and then there's the application of the technology and and how does that kind of interlink so I love that and um, and maybe it might be helpful as well to kind of give your journey in because obviously you came from that intersection of connecting you're a super connector right Christine you're a super connector by by background and and that's your job and you connect together the right people to build some really awesome things and so maybe it, I can't do it justice it might be helpful maybe maybe you you give a bit of your transition into this space and 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 kind of where you've landed now absolutely and it is a crazy journey and just you know thinking about where I was previously to where I am now. I mean, it, it all makes sense, but at the same time, it just seems so surreal because, um, you know, it really, and it'll go into this as far as later into the conversation, but it all really stemmed from a gut feeling. And what I mean by that is for eight years, I specialized in placing hundreds and hundreds of brands in multiple categories. And, and when I say categories, I mean like health and beauty, wellness, home, kids, toys, um, virtually anything that you can think of. And I was placing these brands on television, um, on e-commerce websites to be sold, uh, in subscription boxes, uh, and, and really effectively helping their pathway of growth. And you know, for me, that is so ingrained on the partnership side because much of my career stemmed in relationships. It, it's really fundamentally crucial that when you're doing this type of work that you have a fantastic relationship with the brand, aka the also the product creator, the, the person behind the vision, and also the platform in question. So that mm -hmm. being a television producer, a retail buyer, uh, even even uh, photography teams, merchandising, you know, it really is um, a pretty wide spectrum of people that you have to deal with on a regular basis. And you have to uh, almost constellation-like or orchestra-like sort of figure out a way that all of these different teams and people 
can work together for one commonality opportunity. So um, for instance, you know, I, I would have a brand like Samsung and we would help place them in, in different opportunities within these different channels. And you had to maintain the relationship with Samsung. You had to maintain the relationship with the buyer to make sure the transaction was effective. And then obviously there's the end consumer to consider and to make sure that the experience is um, as perfect as it can be. And so I had a lot of fun and a tremendous amount of experience doing that particular type of work, but there was something so magnetic about Web3 when I really started getting involved with it about September of last year. Uh, I had heard so much about it uh, on Clubhouse and, and during the pandemic when everyone was sort of like finding um, different ways to connect and specifically by voice. And there were so many conversations surrounding NFTs. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> this, 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 is, this is a bunch of dudes in a room talking about monkey JPEGs, and this is all just silly. And then it started to dawn on me on the research side of it, what it, it was capable of doing besides just it being a picture, like what the community involvement was, like how could you achieve a, a particular utility case out of an NFT? And, and then it started like clicking for me. And then when it really clicked and when that gut feeling really started to, to manifest was when I found World of Women. And that was like, okay, well, aside from the fact that this project stands out alone as being focused on women and the art is absolutely stunning, the community that was fostered there was so incredibly special and undeniable that it, it ate at me for a while, honestly. Wow. Um, and I just, I put my money where my mouth was and I bought one and that was a tremendous amount of money for me. And it sort of was just a, a cascade because when you start to get ingrained in that first community where you feel like it's really special, you start to also explore other similar type of communities by those initial connections that you meet. And it just, it becomes... I don't want to use the word contagious because I'm on a health podcast, <laughs> but at the same time, it really, it really starts to be like, wow, like this is something special. And mm -hmm. I would wake up in the morning and I would check my discord and I would check in with all of my friends and I would see what was going on in the NFT world. And I love all of the buzz. And there was just like something that was so energy filled about it. And it, it, it was like, back in the 90s when the internet was like just starting to flourish and we all had our little AOL CDs and whatnot and we got online and you just felt this sense of wonder mm -hmm. this this imagination just opening up in front of you and that that feeling one that I haven't felt for a very long time especially as a millennial that reappeared in this point in my life and and I think that's the case for a lot of people where you just see the potential of where the technology can be and what it can do for, for people and how it can help people and how it can make you feel more in control of, like I said, your data and also just your way about going on your digital journey, if you will. So I think it just for me made sense kind of <laughs> magnetizing towards Web3, but my real involvement in getting my career changed over all stemmed from just um, a conversation with someone that I knew was building something really special in Web3. 
and I just happened to be in their life at a, this very specific point in time that was serendipitous, like almost. Wow. And it it just sort of all came together really well. Um, Jamie Schmidt is in a club called CPG Club with me. Uh, it's her and her husband, Chris Cantino, founded it on the premise of connecting entrepreneurs uh, that love Web3 um, and, and also definitely CPG products. Many of them are CPG brand creators, uh, but all in all, we had connected there and she knew of my experience in partnerships. I knew she was building something incredible. And I just called her up on the phone one day and said, hey, Jamie, like, can we do something together? Like, I would love to be more involved in Web3. And so she was just very um, beside herself, like, like, yes, absolutely. Like, we need someone in partnerships. This is a perfect opportunity. And so I was there almost at the very beginning of BFF, actually, like right in, you know, those building phases of when things were starting to get close to the kickoff event. And so I am very proud and privileged and grateful for the ability to have caught on to a few projects exactly when I needed to. That was the mm -hmm. case for World of Women. That was the case for Boss Beauties. And now uh, that was the case for BFF. And there's a longer list there, but I think those are the three that really set me up for where I am today and are really setting the example, I think, of, of where we need to be for especially women in this space right now. It's an incredible journey that you described there of, and it's so authentic the way that you kind of piece it all together. And it is what you were saying before, relationship driven. So everything that's really got there has been through you being a super connector, right? <laughs> and, but I mean, one thing that I think would be really helpful because obviously right now for the, for the listeners that are kind of interested in the healthcare slant as well, right now we see the, you, you, well, utility, we might, might not use that word because I'm, I'm talking to a Web3, I swear. We see, we see that the pros of these projects to be something where you, you hold a token, you get this beautiful artwork, you're a part of a community, but you're building something that's future-proofed and you can see that because you have a founding team which you call of about I think it's 100 or so experts across different fields which are incredible uh, incredible women and incredible people who sit there to advise as the industry grows. Do you mind talking us to a, a bit about this and kind of where you see the future of that community going? Yeah absolutely and I think it couldn't come at a better time because just just yesterday, actually, we announced uh, an additional second cohort of founding BFFs who are going to be really, I think, building out this journey with us to be even better than ever. So when I say founding BFF, uh, we have two project founders, the two people that created the organization and company, and um, they are the, the heart and soul. And then we have... Um, now about 80 founding BFFs. And what they are is they are change makers, innovators, uh, thought leaders uh, from all different industries and backgrounds. And I, I say that also from a global point of view. Uh, and they are really helping us to um, utilize their expertise and connections. And also in the future, they're going to be involved in our Launchpad program where they're gonna be helping mentor others um, incubating projects for community members. They're a huge, huge part of BFF and what we're doing. And they 
are so diverse and that, you know, we're not just talking about Web3 experts. We have people that um, come from a variety of backgrounds. There are um, actresses, um, filmography, uh, filmatography majors and um, venture capitalists and uh, different entrepreneurs from all different walks of life. Uh, and, and then you have people that really are experts on the blockchain and Web3, um, the actual technological impact of things. Um, we have people like Randy Zuckerberg, who I call her too a super connector. And, and, and she's one of our founding BFFs and really her superpower is you know helping build out and fleshing out some of these projects that we see every day and making sure that they have all the resources that they need and that they're well equipped and supported. So you know I think that we're uniquely positioned to have people that are on our team that are really they're finding that point of where they can be the most helpful and they're lending that out not only to the BFF community but just making I think Web three a better place. And for that, I'm just, I'm thrilled to be alongside many of them. I, I think of also some of our founding BFFs that happen to be NFT project founders like Malia Abdi. Um, she is the, the founder and artist of Women Rise. And one of her missions is to create a physical school for women. And like, these are, these are the people on our team. Like I couldn't be more proud. It is really an astonishing group of individuals that have their vision and sites towards building a better future for others. And that is exactly what we're trying to do at BFF as an organization. Wow. And uh, just, I mean, like anyone that's listening, go and check out this list of founding BFFs because you will be blown away. I mean, people who are naysayers or that are still a bit skeptical about the power and the impact of Web3, you go check out the names that are backing these projects that are putting their their careers on the line by saying, you know, I'm, I'm committing to this, I, I'm all in. And, and you'll see that, that, that this is really where the waves are moving. But I think there's so much to go for it to be, to be mainstream, to be available for not just like people, but patients everywhere as well, for people to be able to address social inequalities using, using NFTs, using blockchain, using Web3 technology. I mean, in your, um, in your kind of, view of the landscape that you've got from from the position that you sit in I mean is there anything that the listeners should be kind of tuning into um perhaps in the next three six months that will help them to be prepared for the wave that will inevitably come within within healthcare as well I think it's really interesting with healthcare in particular especially as it relates to things like the metaverse like I I don't know how far we're going to be within a year or two years time but in my mind I think that we're going to be incorporating a lot more of our lifestyles, both um, in the, the comfort of our own homes with our families and then also in the comfort of our own homes with occasionally a VR headset. And what I mean by that is if you if you are one of the people that within the past couple of years have benefited from having virtual care from a physician, then you can sort of quantify some of the benefits that you can receive by not necessarily physically being in an office with a doctor. And that, that transcends very much into the world of Web3 and the metaverse. If you can think about that, then you can think of a time where you use a VR headset to actually connect in a virtual doctor, doctor's office with your doctor. And like that, that to me is like, a, 
I think an inevitability because we saw not just with the pandemic, as far as seeing the convenience of having that relationship with your doctor, but you don't, and I, I think for myself too, I realize this more than ever, you don't want to go to the doctor for every little thing. Like there are occasions where like you want to just be able to address certain issues, whether they be menial or just concerns. And what if it was a, a situation where like you just popped into uh, the metaverse and then you walk to this virtual doctor's office, you <laughs> book an appointment and then you sit in a virtual doctor's office and wait no different than if you were to go physically. Like, I know it sounds crazy, but at the same token, think of the convenience and the fact that this is very likely going to be legitimized by many companies that we know well. I mean, I think currently this is something that's even being explored by even very, very big names. Uh, I think that there's a company called um, B-E-H-A-V-R, and they are essentially reimagining mental health care in VR. Like these are the types of things that we're talking about, not just symptomatically going to the doctor, but what if you had the opportunity to go and speak to a therapist or a counselor in a virtual setting? Like these are options that now exist for people that didn't previously. And whether we're talking about this manifesting from a pandemic or not, it's an inevitability for people to be able to have an access point that's not just physically in person. And Web3 is gonna enable that in so many ways. We've heard it here first, <laughs> buy your <laughs> VR headsets. <laughs> but you, you, you know, you're so right. It's, it's something that I think a lot of people can very quickly go, no, virtual reality hasn't worked yet. Or, you know, all oh, the market's not ready for this yet. Or patients don't want it that way. But I think that all the indicators are showing that people want ownership. They want ownership over their health. They want to know what their healthcare records are. They want to know when they're seeing the doctor, who they're seeing. They want to know that they're a trustworthy professional. They want to be able to kind of have that whole experience. They know what they're doing with it, especially in, in, in areas and markets of the world where you're paying for it out of pocket, right? And so I don't, I agree with you. I don't think it's, you know, if it just so happens, it happens to be in the metaverse or VR, and you have the comfort, you have the luxury of being in your own home or like all of these things. I think they're almost byproducts of the actual driver here, which is that that ownership component, right? So, yeah, I mean, is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Um, any final what thoughts is- at all? One last thought that I just uh, that just popped into my mind. Have you oh. ever had a situation where you have um, gone to a doctor that you visited previously? Say it was a while ago. Say it was like five or six years ago, and you really needed medical records to be able to transfer to another institution. And they just say something along the lines of, "I'm so sorry. Like after a certain period of time, like we tend to delete our records, and it's no longer available." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> The blockchain solves that. Like these are the types of situations that just popped into my head because that's an actual situation that happened to me. If you have a situation where your information is stored on the blockchain, you're not gonna have a a systematic issue where people are not gonna be able to store it effectively because it will have its own ownership and block on the blockchain. So yeah, that that's just like one more thing that I thought of as far as healthcare relation, but I think there's so many different capacities in which 
we're going to be able to explore how Web3 is going to be changing the world we live in and, and how we're going to be seeing it in the future. And so I guess if there was like one thing that I wanted to leave off on is to just be as open-minded as possible because there was a time where a bunch of uh, mostly older gentlemen back in the 90s thought that the internet was going to be a passing fad or that you know it was going to be um, a completely different thing than what it is today that it, it, that it is now i think our time more than ever to really manifest this technology that works for us and not big companies and i think there's a lot of upsides to be able to understand that that technology will exist whether we want it to or not it's just how do we latch on to the understanding of it and how do we understand it to have a real life application for us. Being against the grain of technology is never a good thing. You're never going to win. It's always better to try and understand it better. And then when it's appropriate for you to try and have a way to implicate it in your life somehow. So whether that is now or later, my only advice to people is to just not be afraid to dig in and to want to learn more about it. Because the more we understand technology, the more we can find ways that it works for us and to better our lives. Um, and that includes the world of healthcare very much. So it's my total privilege to have been here. And I thank you so much for allowing me this space. And I just hope that some people take away some of my words to inspire themselves to want to learn about what's next because innovation will always continue to drive the future. It's just up to you how much you want to know about it. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. We're so grateful and hope to hope to have you down in London soon as well so that we can host Oh, you. I hope so too. Thanks so much for listening to this episode with Christine. I really enjoyed recording this one and I hope it's urged you to get involved with Web 3.0 and setting up the basics of your own journey. If this episode has also encouraged you and sparked you to come and join us at some of our future events at the Royal Society of Medicine, head on down to our website. The link is in the description and we'd love to see you at some of our upcoming events. Bye for now.